We've got another episode free of any coronavirus talk for you today, all recorded before any of this came down. So uh, enjoy the lack of coronavirus. Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the Iffy Market Podcast. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. Uh, brought to you by Mountaintop Data and Joto PR. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, joined by co-host Carla Jo Helms. Hi, guys. Today, we'll be talking with Casey Cheshire of Cheshire Impact about marketing automation. Casey is a Marine, the founder and CMO of the Salesforce Pardot Consulting Group, Cheshire Impact, and the host of the Hardcore, Hardcorps uh, Marketing Podcast and the author of Marketing Automation Unleashed. Uh, when not coaching marketers, uh, Casey is climbing mountains, jumping out of perfectly good airplanes, and spending time with his uh, family out there in New Hampshire. Casey, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Really excited to talk about marketing automation with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I want to talk about flying at like jumping out of airplanes. And is your um, the name of your group hardcore? Is that like a play on words because you're a military man? Yes. Hardcore. Yeah. You you get a free fajita for that. Free taco. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love it. And one note that I put down here, Casey, looking at your company, I love your company logo. Mm. Um, I see, I put up a, a fail on LinkedIn the other day for company logos. This was a company that makes logos. That's one of the services they offer. <laughs> and their logo was so horrific. The company name is a word that's not actually a word. And then they, they messed up the logo with some graphics. So you couldn't even tell what the letters were anyway. I was like, if you look at that word, you, you can't tell how to spell it. It's not an actual word where you're like, oh, they made cat into something else with a funny thing with a T. Oh, no, they just totally put <laughs> your logo looks like a logo. But then it's one of those hidden things where you start to notice like, wait, is that a fist bump? Do you know what it is? Yeah. What, what is it? Is it a fist yeah. bump? It's a fist bump. It looks yeah, like it's a but fist it's, bump bar chart up with and no, to the right. Yeah. With no context, you wouldn't, it would just be like, oh, that looks like a, the general corporate logo kind of example. I see it's a bar chart, something to do with something great. But then you add in a little thumb and you're like, ah, oh, there's a yeah. fist bump there. That's great. I fist love it. Bump, impact. Boom. Yep. So yep. good. Works on so many levels. That's a, I, don't, I don't know how and where you got that, but that's a fantastic logo. I'm going to guess you did not get it from the company that I was trashing on LinkedIn. Yeah, that company you mentioned, they had one job, just make a logo for themselves. Yeah. Maybe it's one of those things where they're working so hard for their clients that you know the totally. carpenter's house is falling apart type thing. I'll, I'll give them that. They're, they're a, bald, uh, a bald barber. Um, so... Talking about your company, the logo's great, but let's kind of get into the meat and potatoes here. Uh, can you tell the listeners kind of what you guys what you guys do over there? Basically, why should we listen to you when it comes to marketing automation? Yeah, Hello. we're all marketers. Hello. Yeah, we're marketers. Yeah. We love technology. There you go. Boom. End of story. Next. <laughs> <laughs> we're marketers. We love technology, and there's so many people out there that just get the tech and. Don't use it. And especially if you're investing, you're spending that, that hard-earned marketing budget, you're going to get a tool like this. You want to actually deploy it, do some nurturing, do some dynamic forms, do all the magic that it can do. Sometimes you just don't know what to do next. So that's what we do. We, we swoop in there, help you use Pardot, Salesforce, and really figure out what the strategy is that connects all the dots. Hmm. I would imagine sometimes they might think they're using it too. It's like basically they bought a sports car and they're just kind of cruising down the road slowly. And you're like, no, 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 no. 
yes, it drives, but there's so many, there's so much you can do with this. Let us kind of show you how to, how to really burn rubber out this bad boy. Yeah. The speedometer literally goes up to 160 and you're driving it, you know, you're driving a 30 and a 45 and people are behind you honking. Like what's going on? Yeah. It's That's, all about, uh, let it, let it go. Let it rip. Fantastic. So you guys help people implement marketing automation. Is that the, I mean, do you, are you a general marketing agency? Do you do a lot of things or are you focused on the marketing automation uh, solely? Yeah, good question. We're focused on the tech, right? So there's a lot of great agencies that do the lead gen, the PR, the data, talking to some of them right now, where we help is like, okay, now what happens when the leads are coming to your door? You want to capture them, you want to nurture them, get them over to sales, close that B2B sale. That's where we come in, is really helping with the sales force part outside, executing the campaigns inside those. Yeah, I used you know, to think... that's a key part of marketing. I mean, it's a sales marketing. It's such a key part of marketing. I think so many companies miss the boat on that. Yeah, spend all that money, get leads to your site, or you get great data, yeah. and then you just let it sit there and decay instead of actually emailing them and nurturing them. Yep, I, I used to think that uh, when you implemented a new tech, they almost always say like, hey, do you want to you can pay extra for this training setup and stuff. And it's always like, no, I'm a smart guy. I know how to do it. I'll set it up. And then over time I started to realize like, okay, one, I'm not that smart. And two, it doesn't matter how smart you are. You have those people help you walk it through because you will, or, you know, have somebody like, like you, Casey, you got to have somebody show you how to actually use this stuff. You lose so much money being cheap and thinking like, I'm sure I can set it up and make it run. And you're like, yeah. not, not really. No, get a pro in there to get you up and running and making money. And you know, if what you do isn't implementing these things, there's people who do that. Let them help yeah. you implement it properly. That's, that's Cheshire marketing or Cheshire. Did I get that right? Impact. Cheshire I'm Impact. Sorry. Yeah, but no, but to your point, you're right. But the thing actually is you would figure it out. So, mm -hmm. and, and you, you will figure it out. If you just keep trying and banging on it, especially a tool like Pardot, it's easy to use and figure out problem is it's going to take you a lot of time in yeah. that time you spent trial and error trial and error guess what someone's already done that i've already i've done it for like 10 years we've had thousands of customers trying different things so we already know what works and what doesn't work we can we can uh -huh. help you skip the the crawl phase and the walk phase you can go right to a sprint out the out the bat if we just share a few of those key tips with you yeah i would say i'm not trying to pitch your company here anybody who listens to the podcast knows <laughs> that we try not to really, you're like, yeah, you aren't, come on, pick it up. We, we try not to really pitch <laughs> stuff. I'm pitching the concept really. It happens to be what your company sure. does. Um, I would say, unless you're a one person company, um, you hire other people to do things so you don't have to do everything and you can focus on your thing. That's all this kind of thing is. And if you're a one person company, well, there's probably a reason for that. Maybe you could change things and hire other people to do stuff so you can focus on what you're good at. Yeah. And even those one person companies are hiring, you know, contractors mm. and consultants to help them. Right. Out. How do I use QuickBooks? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Somebody does. Yeah. Now, are you only the strategist for Salesforce and using that? Yeah. The, the marketing side. Yeah. Bailiwick. Pardot is like their marketing tool that sends all the emails out and captures and all. We can talk more about that's the marketing automation platform. And then we also help out on the sales for CRM side, which is where it connects mm -hmm. into where the sales reps are using it or not using it and right. hopefully closing the deals with the leads that you got on the marketing side. Okay. Really it's that whole got process. It. Lead call it like lead to revenue. You know, you got the lead, you got it in, 
you're nurturing it, you're working it, ready, it goes over to sales. Sales is working it, calling them, moving it all the way to the end to the close on revenue. And if you look at the whole process, you can report back to the very beginning and show ROI on those lead sources that you had. Excellent. So I want to, I think we get, we, I love that your company is very simple. You guys do, I mean, it's simple in that you do one thing, you do it very well. So I think we can all understand quickly and easily what it is you guys do there. Now within the company, what is it that you do? Kind of what's your, you're a founder, you're the CMO there, but what's your day to day within the company? What's your kind of interaction with this stuff? Yeah. Thankfully we've got such a growing team now that sometimes that I, you know, I try to help out in the kitchen. I get my hands smacked. So we've got a lot of people working in Salesforce and Pardot. So a lot of what I do is figuring out what are the new strategies coming in? What are the new tools that are coming in? What's a distraction and what's something that might help all the customers we already have, you know, get to that next level. So, I mean, the book just came out. So we're, we're, it's all that thought leadership of like, okay, here's all these collective experiences of all these customers. What are the takeaways? You know, 30 customers tried a landing page. Some got it right. Some got it wrong. What, what are the lessons you can distill out of that? So that's what I get to do. It's, that's my fun job. And then ideally sharing them in a book or in a podcast like this. So you're, as a CMO, would you say you're in the improvise, adapt and overcome department? Sounds good. Um, <laughs> yeah. That isn't all marketing, right? Like, yeah, yep. let's do well, it. Some people like to expect, you know, marketing automation, set it and forget it. People think, great, I'm going to set up this automation and then I don't have to worry about marketing anymore <laughs> or something. You know, you as a company, a lot of companies also, they want to kind of say, okay, we've got to be king of the hill at this one thing. Now let's lock it down. Don't change anything. We figured out the formula. You're like, no, this is a river, man. Everything's moving all the time. You've got to constantly be adjusting. How does this work? Especially in marketing. We ruin things constantly. Like every marketer out there is ruining everything that works at any given time by overusing it. True. True. And, you know, just because it's automation doesn't mean, it, to your point, it's going to magically solve all your problems. If you do bad marketing, automation is just going to make sure your bad marketing gets to more people. <laughs> Efficiently market <laughs> poorly. <laughs> yeah. It's going to do a great job of making sure your yeah. shitty email gets out to everybody. <laughs> so moving on to the marketing automation side of things, uh, this is a really um, fuzzy subject, I guess I'd say. Yeah. Can you help clarify? Warm and fuzzy? <laughs> no, just fuzzy no. in that I don't think people blurred, quite understand what it blurred. is because I don't quite yeah. understand sometimes like, wait, is this, is that? It's, um, can you help us nail down a little bit when people say marketing automation, people who know what they're talking about, what does that mean? What does it yeah. include, not include? Yeah, there's so much mystery and, and, <laughs> and mystique. It's like it's and, used uh, for so many people just throw it out there. So then you get confused yeah. about what is that? Okay. I use MailChimp. Is that marketing automation? Oh, I got a rule set in my outlook. Am I doing marketing automation? I don't know. Yeah. It's a great question. Especially with all the tools now going, Oh, we do that. We, we, yeah. we are marketing automation tools. You're like, are you really? Yeah. Very, very easy. I can boil it down into how it was first explained to me 10, 11 years ago um, with a little bit of change on it. Um, I was talking to all these different vendors and the big ones, the little ones asking them, look, what is this marketing automation thing? I need it. The company I was at was, um, it was just like a small and growing consulting agency, had some methodology, some training, and I was their sole marketer. And I would spend hours trying to send an email through NetSuite of forms were 12 fields long, 
nobody filled them out. But if you did, you got a call. Um, it was for the newsletter too. It was gross. Um, so if you if filled you, out the form, you got punished with a call. You, yeah, you got, you got the <laughs> terrible newsletter and you got punished by the sales rep calling you the next day. He didn't want to talk to you and you didn't want to talk to him. And it was like, yet we're all doing this dance. So this is what I like inherited. And I was looking around for a tool to help with this. And a lot of the reps were just doing their like, oh, there's this feature here, feature there. But one particular person was like, hey, it's, it's this. It's capture, nurture, automate. And I've since added report. So capture, nurture, automate, report. Those are like the four key words, the core values, if you will, of marketing automation, capture, nurture, automate. If you want, we can talk through them, but you know, the, the litmus yeah, test please. is, can this tool do that? Can this tool do these four? If that was an acronym, well, it would be canar. You got to add a D on the end there. Make it canard. Capture, nurture. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't. Canard. So I guess the report that you added, that prevents the just automating bad marketing kind of. Because without that, you're just like, great, capture, nurture, automate. And then we don't know if we're you know, driving this in the wrong direction. We don't know if we're doing something terrible and you report back and now you can make adjustments. Yeah, totally. Reporting, even though it's last, it's probably even most important. It's answering the age old marketing question, the most difficult and the most important marketing question ever. What's working? What's not working? So I can yeah. do right. more of what's working and do less of what's not working, whether it's spending money or time or data or whatever the case may be, what's working? And I think a lot of times we don't know. And it's this sort of dirty secret in marketing. And I remember being a, a marketer before marketing automation. And I was at this company and I was just a, a, a wee young marketing manager lad at a big company. And um, one time uh, the CEO walked by and he was like, hey, Casey, because that's what CEOs sound like, right? And he was like, how many emails did we send this month? And Thankfully, I don't normally know details, but I knew that detail. And I said, you knew well, that about, day. Yeah, I actually knew. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, it was a million. So I was like, it was about a million emails this month that we've sent. He said, oh, that's great. Next month, let's send a million and a half. Right. And you said, now, hold on. We yeah. sent them all to one person, though. So that right. was kind of bad. Yeah, only one lead. They got a million emails. Their inbox yeah. was destroyed. Well, no, like, but you're right. The, the problem was this is not, I wasn't selling sneakers. I wasn't selling chocolate. Mm. This was some IT technical type, you know, long B2B sale. So sending another half a million emails to the same people doesn't speed up the process, doesn't get right. them to go to the outlet and buy new sneakers. It pisses them off unless you're providing value in there, right? So, but that oh, was the He wasn't saying mindset. add another half million people to the flow. No, He's no. just saying, great, take do those more. people and send them 50% more. Yeah, he was saying, do uh, okay. more, right? Like I did this much activity. He's saying, do, the, do more activity right. because that's how we were measuring ourselves back in the day before ROI. Before you had a tool like marketing automation, you didn't know your ROI on your marketing and you just did more and you, and like, yeah. that was okay. But that's why marketers got fired first when the company didn't do well because doing more didn't really work. So why do we right. need you? Right. And but, the only measurement then was, Hey, did we make a lot of money? Yes. Marketing must've done a good job. Then we don't really have anything to measure except for right. volume like that. Right. Or yeah. maybe it was all sales. They want credit yeah. for everything. And then marketing didn't actually do anything. So maybe we could trim up the profit line by just getting rid of them, even though we did well. Right. So no yeah. one even knew. And marketing 
couldn't really <laughs> tell you. You do well, you want more profit, trim marketing. You don't do well, well, you can't fire sales because they actually make the sale. So get rid of marketing. That yeah. was the problem. Marketing's always yeah. the fall guy. Until now. <laughs> now well, once you can automation. measure and report, you can say, look, we're doing our job here. We yeah. delivered this part in the pipeline. It's no longer a Dilbert comic when it comes to the marketing department, which is right. awesome. Yeah, and marketing automation ties into the CRM, right? Pardot ties into Salesforce. So when sales closes a deal, you have that full circle reporting, the closed loop, as they call it, where you can see. We did all this activity in marketing and I was able to see this at the company I was at. I was able to see that when we put it in, like, oh, we spent all this money on this event. We got, you know, several hundred leads out of it. These leads turned into, you know, tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars in deals. At that point, you know, those discussions with the old CEO went away and this at the company I was at, but the CEO was like, oh, you did that with 5K? Uh, would you like five more i tell you what i'm gonna give you 10 more how much more can i give you to invest to do the same results you're like oh now i gotta figure out if it scales but at least yeah. now the conversation wasn't like trimming the marketing budget it was investing more or just send more emails it was you could just say like yeah here's what we did give me 50 percent more money and we can do more of this kind of thing do more of that yeah you're no longer the roddy danger field of the company getting no respect no matter what you do that's it once you can measure it you can manage it and you can show it to other people and yeah that's i think martech is the greatest thing to happen to marketing in a long time in that it brought marketing into the light kind of it, yeah. it allowed us to have reports where you could show things and then you could adjust things because you have you know, you could, you could create marketing automation. A lot of great yeah. stuff here. Um, you know, quick story for you, if you want. I love yes, stories. We love stories. And okay. then I want you to go through Nakar. Oh yeah. Yeah. The other ones. Cause we skipped right to reporting mm. just to mess with people who are like trying to keep track at but, home. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're going, what about Nakar? Yeah. What about Nika? Nika. So trade shows. Um, I don't know if do you do a lot of trade shows. We do some, yeah, yeah. I'd say we'd like not, to do more, not a but lot. yeah, yeah, more expensive, right? Time-consuming. Um, there was one client that came to us, uh, and and this is this is the results before they worked with us. To be clear, they came to us with this dilemma: they were doing eighty trade shows a year, which is a lot of trade shows, and um, and they had a, a challenge, which was they had no idea, zero idea, which ones were working and which ones weren't working. Um, and the problem was every year they would add some more into the list, but they could never get rid of them because they were technically getting new business. They just right. didn't know where, which, where it came from. And so, so they're they, doing 1980s marketing, basically throw it yeah, all out they, there. Yeah. If stuff happens, it must've been some of that, but we don't know what. And they were hostage to it. Right. Yeah. Like what, what if we get rid of that show and right. that's the show where all the leads came from. So right. they were stuck and they're like, um, could you help us? Cause it takes a lot of time because they were sending booths. They were the two different booths going all over the place, sales staff flying to different places and, you know, and, and, and collateral and paying the event for the space, you know, all the costs that you have, right. And speaking at some of them, that the many travel, events, the, if yeah. you could yeah. cut the bottom 50% of events, that would just be a huge boom for them with nothing totally. else happening. Totally. So we, we, the first thing we did when we worked, started working with them is using marketing automation, Pardot in this case, we set up ROI tracking, first touch ROI tracking to show all the trade shows got labeled and got tracked and then tied into CRM to see where did deals close. Any guesses of the 80 shows, how many were actually driving business? Four. 
I'm going to go with the 80, 20 rule uh, on this and say it was just the top 20%, which I don't, cannot do the math on. Let's say it was 15. 15. First of all, KJ, you are super cynical and I love it. Um, four. <laughs> um, it was actually. Hey, well, you uh, asked it in such a way. I that did. I, like, I did. Like, you ooh, did. guess what? It was 30. 30 mm. were working. Okay. 30 were driving right. business. Um, and that, I mean, it's better than four. Oh, yeah. But that's like, if they were doing four, yeah, the company but, probably would have been out of business, though. Like, well, they would have fired yeah. you because they would have said, <laughs> I can't report this to my boss. So I'll get fired. So I'm blaming it on you. you. I can't <laughs> yeah. afford anything. Yeah. No. If, but if I hire 30. you and you report this, I'm dead here. I'm throwing know, away right? this much money. So they, 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 they're like, okay, 30 is working. Now, thankfully, we didn't find that all out at once because, you know, it takes time for the – the tracking to come in and you find out over time that, okay, that didn't work. So don't do that again. And so thankfully it wasn't like da -da, 30. It was like, okay, that one didn't work. This one did, that one didn't. Um, but they were able to use the, the money spent on the booths and the travel and the time and all that on 50 shows to bump up their presence on the, the 30 that were working and do a bunch oh. of whole other marketing. They're like, these money. shows are working. We're going to blow them out now. Yeah. We're going to double down double on these. Down. Yeah. Still have money left over for dinner. Exactly. Yeah. That's fajitas. awesome. Back to fajitas. <sighs> okay. So that's an example of using marketing automation for, it sounds like lead attribution is was kind reporting. of the biggest thing there. Yeah. 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 Re reporting is key. Okay. So if are that's kind of- Are you going to go backwards on the Nicar? Are you going to go Oh, forward? yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Let's Wait, do this canard. Thing. So keep right. going on this. Come on. Okay. <laughs> when we go, when we go like actual backwards, so I go like automation next. Well, uh, let's start well, at the start. Actually, I messed capture. it up with the uh, new capture. But I think really getting into the difference between nurture and automate, because mm. I bet your listeners are going, yeah, that's a little fuzzy for me. Sure. But sure. start with capture. Okay, good. Because that, that helps. Like, it sense. sort of flows. You can start. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so without marketing automation, I feel like people are probably just doing capture, nurture, repeat. People aren't doing anything, to be honest. <laughs> they're, they're getting tools. They're buying really expensive tools. And they're using it like MailChimp or getting MailChimp and using it like Excel. They're just right. not using Most we did, we've done some studies. People use like 30% of the tools that they get. Um, so that's kind of the mission that I'm really obsessed with is like, really, if you used it just a little bit more, think of how much more results you could show internally in the marketing side. So they're not using it at all. But um, capture is one of those things, to your point, that like it goes a little bit unnoticed. I think the sexy thing is nurturing, right? Ooh, nurturing. And then people forget about this capturing thing. And with yeah. marketing automation capturing is key because if you can't capture them how are you going to nurture them right, right. that's a huge yeah. hole in the funnel that yeah. people just drop out completely like you're a really bad running back yeah right right so so here's the question are either of you married married yeah divorced and, oh, okay good good okay. this is all good count? data points good data points she's married <laughs> duh, past tense your your data will be interesting on this too before you got okay. married how many dates did you go on with that person or with anybody? <laughs> with that person. Before you're like, let's make this happen. Right, right. Wait, with that person or with anybody? With that person. Right. Oh. So you, tough to throw out a number, but let's say 100 dates. Yeah. Same for Can you? I, 100? No, I don't think it was 100 dates. 
Well, see, I'm, I'm still married. You was need to do one? five more dates there, KJ. <laughs> that would be like a hundred dates. You know, maybe. Maybe. I mean, what do you consider a date between the time you're 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 not married, but you've been together for a couple of years? But going say, let's dinner, just throw a stat a movie, out. The listeners something. are like, for God's sakes, we don't even know your dating is. Okay, hundred dates. Well, <laughs> you know, if you don't know what a date is, <laughs> I'm married. I don't have to know no, what a date was, is anymore. Oh no! <laughs> it was a long-term relationship. Not a long-term. It was a long-distance relationship. Mm-hmm. So the dates were kind of like, you know, compiled together on oh, yeah. trips which made it seem like a lot, but it wasn't in actual fact because, you know, I think I'm with you. Yeah. You're together. Points. It's like you're on vacation yeah. every time you meet up. Yeah. Yeah. But, but more touch points, you yeah. know, your environment would have been better. Yeah. Right? Well, so, yeah. It, it, but it, neither of you was one, right? You didn't like go to Vegas. You're like, right. My name is oh, Sky. <laughs> Call me maybe, and you gotta get hooked. Yeah. Get hooked, right? You're like you're hitched after one one uh, one evolution. Yep, yep. We got the hangover syndrome. Like we just wake woke <laughs> up in Vegas, married. So so like for for me the same, right? It was like years worth of dates, probably too many years worth of dates. You know, before I was getting like, hey, what are we doing here? Um, and it's like you're right. Let's get married. Um, but here's the thing: it wasn't one. So why do we expect our buyers to act? the way we wouldn't act, right? We expect them to get married to us on the very first form. The very first time we meet them, we're like, oh, cool. Um, you, we just met, but what's your blood type? Um, how many kids do you want? What's your, how's your credit history? And do you want to get married today? And the buyers are on your website going like, no, no, creepy weirdo. Like, I'm out. <laughs> I got swipe left on that guy. Like, right. I, They're like, I'm, I'm sorry, are you the rock? Yeah. No, then no. Like, if yeah, your product's yeah. not that good. You are we're nothing done. like your picture, sir. Uh, right? So, so when we do that in marketing, we're like, okay, well, I only get one chance. You're on my website. So let me ask you 12 questions like that company I was at or 10 questions. Or let me ask you really personal things or things that you that I know will will lead to me calling you right so hey we just met and you want this white paper content marketing inbound right you want this cool white paper cool um tell me your name your last name your company your email your phone number cuz you know I'm going to call you afterward it's like yeah. guys it's just it's just a date it's just a white paper i your don't cell number, tell you things i need your cell number it's a mandatory field Right, right, mandatory. Um, I've even I've even seen forms that are like, "What's your what's your annual salary?" or like, "What's your annual revenue for your company?" And you're like, and "Annual right. revenues." I've seen that. Yeah, I've, yeah. You're like, who are you? You know, it does tick me off. But if I really want the white paper, I'll I'll give them something. Yeah. But. Is it truthful? Or are you like, guess what? Billion dollar company, baby. <laughs> I give select, them whatever I think. Actually, I've never gone that high, but I should do that next time. You I should do that. <laughs> Punish I them should. for asking the terrible question. <laughs> when I fill out those forms, I know that you get in certain buckets based on the information. So I put in whatever information I think they need to hear for me to get what I want. <laughs> I've done so that too. If you yeah. if you answer certain ways, you're going to go into their trash basically, and they're not going to follow up with you. But if you want something from them, if you want them to give you a demo, some answers get you a demo. Some answers yeah. they're like, "Sorry, you're going to have to jump through 12 more hoops. We're not going to waste time with you." So if you sometimes 
like knowing what they want to hear and giving them what they want to hear to get what you want is what you have to do because they're, they're trying to qualify you in the, yeah, the initial form touch there. It's like this ain't a speed date. I'm sorry. You don't need to know everything about me right now. And I'm going to give you a fake name and a fake, you know how many people have email addresses just for inserting into forms to get the information they want? Like almost everybody. And if you listen to this and you don't, you probably have one by the time it's over. Or I make one up. I hate your stupid form. Yeah. Yeah, you create a Gmail so you can actually get the thing if they're going to make make it get emailed to you or whatever it is. And that's just your garbage. You never check it unless you sign up for something. Right. Um, so yeah. this, this is, is what marketing automation this is fixes. This is, so okay. it, it, it addresses this. One of the coolest things of Pardot, marketing automation, it's one of those features. It's progressive profiling. It's a form that you drop on your site. You drop on your landing page. It could be on a Pardot landing page or your own site. HTML, whatever, doesn't matter. But you drop this thing on there and the form is smart. It, first of all, it's not just capturing what you type into the form. It, there's a little tracking code on the site and it's recording everything you're doing. So kind of like Google Analytics, but not just anonymous, but it, it knows a particular IP address when you're anonymous and eventually it knows exactly what this person's done. So it's tracking all this information. And now here's the deal. If you fill out a form and you tell it its name or your name, it's never going to ask you that again. So the form is going to dynamically mm. adjust. Hey, I've already told you my name, right? Think of like you go to a couple a site with a couple different pieces of content. I did this one time and I was like, oh, that does sound tasty. They asked that annual salary question. I completely lied on it because it's like none of your business, but it was required. And so I filled it out and then it was painful, but I did it. I go to get another piece of content. They ask me all the same questions again and they're all required again. Damn it. I'm like, do, yeah. Can you just talk to this other form for a second? Because I just told you all this information. Why are you asking me again? And the thing is, every field on a form decreases the amount of people that are going to fill it out. That conversion mm. rate shrinks. So interesting it's question. Between like 1% and 5%. I've seen this, like 5% on per field. So you can imagine, you add extra, all these extra fields, your conversion rate could be so much better yeah. if you got rid of those guys. Nobody's going And this that is crap. the deal of marketing automation where people just really aren't using all the bells and whistles. So here's the, let me know, Casey, let me know where you come down on this, uh, on this debate. For a long time, I was a huge proponent of not having forms, not gating content at all, um, and letting there be more natural interaction. I've gone back and forth, okay, gate some content, but when it comes to gating the content, making people fill out the form, um, one of the things that I always advise our clients to do when, when they ask about this kind of stuff is put as few fields as possible. And if possible, if you can just have them fill out the email address, and I know we have some clients that have forms and they'll use our API where they have the client fill in the email address and the client just puts in the email and hits submit, but on their side, they get the email and then our system appends all the other information in the system so that they're getting everything. They're getting, you know, 20, 30 data fields on, on the, the contact and their company, even though the contact only had to put in an email address. Okay, that's awesome. But I heard a debate recently for what we call kind of the cover charge of, of gating content where they say, well, you want to have just enough fields where you actually filter out the people that you don't really want. You actually want a barrier to entry because I was talking about removing any barrier to entry to a product we we're developing. And our sales department said, well, if you do that, we're going to get overwhelmed with garbage leads. You have to make mm. them jump through enough hoops 
where you're not getting every tire kicker in the world walking in and asking a million questions and, and creating accounts and, and, and stuff. So is there a sweet spot for those forums for um, how many questions to ask to make sure the person is interested enough that they're not wasting your time? Great. Yeah. These are like fantastic questions. I think the, the first thing is around, do we gate everything or not? And then the second thing is like, what kind of fields do we put? And then the tire kicker thing. So um, on, the, on the first thing, I get this a lot. You know, we tell people, hey, look, put gates in front of everything. We'll just say, put gates in front of everything. Now, I, I've seen people do some great things where maybe some initial early stage content is not gated. I wouldn't get an infographic. Um, you know, some case studies weren't gated. I, if people want to do that, that's totally cool. But I like to gate everything. And so we advise people, look, gate everything. And then they're like, well, so my you do. Yeah. And so my CEO, okay. like someone will say, well, yeah, you said gate everything, but my CEO hates forms, right? So I can't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, I get it. I hate forms too. We've just been talking about shitty forms for like 20 minutes, right? So I hate them too, but what I hate is bad forms. And then if you make oh. them short and efficient and it's like your name and your email, maybe it's like, that's it for field, maybe one other field. Or if you've already told me your name, it never even shows up anymore because I already know your name. And all I have to do is confirm my email address. It's pre-populated in there because it remembers me. All I have to do is hit yeah. enter. That's perfect. No big deal. Right. And so if, if you have a nice, short, sexy little form, people don't mind filling it out nearly as much. And it might create a little barrier of entry. But to that second point, that it, it's kind of that old mentality of like, you know, when they're like, well, why do we have these cars on the road? There, there's not enough room for horses. Right. The idea of, um, well, you know, if there's enough fields on there, it prevents the, the bad people from getting in. Not true. There's a lot of vendors out there that will spam you no matter how many fields you have because they'll just pay people to fill out form fields. So the better thing to do is reduce the barrier of entry for everyone. Come, mm. all you people like Statue of Liberty, come into my database system, come into my marketing automation. And then that automation thing that we'll talk about later, that sorts it out for you automatically. Uh -huh. So you're no saying time. everybody come in, but have an Ellis Island. Yeah, totally. You're going to have a screening spot in between. You don't just throw them all at the salespeople. This is where the, the nurture and the automation comes in. Yeah. But totally. when you say everybody come in, you make them have, you make them fill out a form, obviously. You capture them. Yep. Well, yeah, totally. I guess what he's saying is- yeah, But so make, make it, it as simple as possible. Yes. Don't ask a yes. ton of questions just to limit the number of people coming in. What yeah. about asking silly questions like putting a Monty Python picture up there and just asking people what their favorite color is? Just for fun or is like yeah. a, like a like to prevent bots <laughs> no. from getting in? If you only have an email, if you only have like just, hey, give me your name and email address and then you can say, you know, what's the airspeed velocity of an, an African- What's your favorite uh, movie? You know, whatever, <laughs> something fun. Well, you know what the good news is with that is that forms will actually tell you the error rate. So if people don't understand and they're, they're hitting the wrong thing and the form's like, nah, wrong answer, and they're not getting through, it'll let you know, hey, you have a 60% error rate on this form. So right. maybe one of your questions is worded to where people don't understand it, you know? Yeah. Um, Asking people what their favorite color is is confusing them and then they leave. They're like, why do you want to know? Yeah. why? Do you, but, but here's the other part. Progressive profiling takes it a step further. We're, we're automatically not going to show a field that we know. So to your point, ask email. Like you could just say first name, email. And I always ask one other question, which is like, what's your role or what's your industry? Mm -hmm. Some kind of segmentation question. 
So later on, when I nurture you, I can make it as specific as possible. Right. Help uh, but put I them down the an automation channel that's appropriate for them. Yeah. Super so smart. I need to know yeah. that, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, but I love that like, your API could bring in data. That's great. That just further says, don't ask them. Don't ask them their state and their country and their territory. First of all, Pardot yeah. can automatically do that for you. So get rid of the state, get rid of the country. Um, and that's going to reduce, maybe, maybe you get two, 3% lift on that conversion rate. I've seen forms that are asking zip code. Oh God. You're just like, are you kidding me? This is all mandatory fields. Who designed this? Uh -uh -uh. this must have been behind the zip code. We need like, that too. Yeah. Casey, right. this was Casey back in 2002. I have no idea my four digits either. Form. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. They so, want the four digit. This it's unbelievable. So, um, so we've got this stuff going on right now. We're, we're making it efficient. But here's the cool thing with this progressive profiling. If you already know the question, it'll not show up. But you could have another question appear instead, mm. right? So what we end up doing is you can create a single form, copy it, put it all over your website, and, and deliver different content no matter who fills it out and what they've asked for. But the first time they come in, I've never met you before. It's our first date. Hey, uh, oh. name, email. What do you do at your company? Are you a marketer? Or are you a salesperson? Are you INT? You know, so I can talk to you in a specific way. That's it. That's all I want to know. Capture you. I don't need your phone number because I'm not going to call you. You're not going to pick up and you don't want to give me the real number. You're going to fake it. Right. So that's all I want to know. But guess what? If you immediately go get another form or you get that piece of content, you come back a week later and you go to another form to, to get another piece of content or sign up for a webinar. I'm not going to be brain dead and ask you, what's your name? What's your email? No, no, I already know right. that. Second date, system, you come back and do 50 yeah. first dates. Who are you? Yeah. What's your name? What are you doing here? Right? Yeah. It's like your little black book of dating. But instead of, you know, hey, so what do you do again? Were you listening yeah. to me? Right? No, no. You know exactly what they do. The next time you come back, the first question on there is email. It's going to have you confirm your email. And it's already going to be pre-populated for you. It, it, any more information pre-populated, it creeps people out. But email, they're like, well, I clicked. I assume they know who I am. That's okay. So that's pre-populated. Yeah. And then We always you tell have, people, if you're going to pull from our API data to yeah. fill, you, you fill it in hidden forms. You don't fill a ton of information because, yeah, that weirds people out. Oh, yeah. HubSpot does this and it drives me bonkers. I'm like, you guys are marketing automation. What does HubSpot do? They pre-populate oh. to show off their technology. But all it does is creep people out where they're like, wait, HubSpot, you... You know my name, my company, my phone number, my state. My oh my yeah. god, I gotta clear my my cookies, right? There's so you don't, you don't do that between being informed and and people seeing you as a stalker, basically. Exactly. You're like, exactly. Okay. So so the second time you come back, it's like, tell me, confirm your email. Yep, that's my email. I don't even have to type it. And then, what's your phone number required? Second time around, second date. I want to call you, call you back. Um, and then you know maybe a qualification question like a grading or scoring. You know, how many computer systems do you have? How many beds do you have in your hospital? How many, you know, whatever kind of thing that sales might want to know to pre-qualify if they're a really good lead or an okay lead, you could ask that in there. That's it. Maybe another question, that's it. And then they hit that. And you could even plan for them to get another piece of content. Um, and they come back and answer some more qualification questions. So by the time after two or three forms are filled, you've sent them over to sales with automation. And sales now knows all the things they need to know. They have the phone number to call them. And now they know a little bit about the customer before they reach out. All right. With each question, you're adjusting the path you're putting them down to be more relevant to them, basically. Yeah. So in the hospital one, you might say, oh, how many beds? And then based on that, you know, you're going to give them different content based on the, whether they're a small clinic with no beds, a huge hospital, midsize, 
yeah. you have you have different content, whatever your product is, based on the, the number of beds that you're going to, you know, some stuff's just irrelevant. Why send them that? Yeah, and I know that you're the hospital administrator because I asked you that role question at the very beginning, or at, or you told me you're, a, you know, one of the nurse practitioners. Or I know who you are, so I'll talk to you either in, you know, in manager terms, or I'll talk to you in nursing terms, or I'll talk to you in, you know, IT. Maybe you're IT at the hospital. I'll talk to you in your own special way, and I know how big or small your hospital is because of all these questions. And it didn't. It wasn't painful. Somehow I got you know the twelve questions out of you. And you didn't even mind. You were totally cool with it because each time you got a really cool piece of content. It's like magic. Yeah, that makes sense. So we've done capture and nurture. This is actually awesome. I want this. So we got halfway through. I want to take a quick break here um, and then we'll cover Where did we end automate. Off, and well, we haven't done nurture yet. So maybe after yeah. the break, we do nurture. Oh, we're only on capture. That was I know. Capture. I know. Oh, crap. Oh. I thought, yeah. We're going to speed round through this after amazing. the break and get through nurture and automate. So it occurs to me that this is, I was thinking automate was basically set up some email cadences and you send them at certain times based on reactions. And if somebody hits your site, you're going to automatically put them into this. You're, you're, it looks like you're saying, yeah, that's included. But in this capture part, you're capturing information that helps you adjust what customer journey you're going to put them down so that, yeah. so that you're more relevantly targeting them. Every time they touch you, you're coming back with more relevant information. You're, you're like a dating expert. Yeah. And then that nurturing that is going to be off the charts because you know, things about them and you're, I can't your point, wait. Personalizing. Yeah. Don't say, don't give it away. We've got to come back <laughs> after break. <laughs> All right. Um, well, you're listening to the Iffy Market Podcast. We have Casey Cheshire, the founder and CMO of Cheshire Impact on talking about marketing automation. And we will be right back with the uh, nurture, automate and report sections after this. Hey there, it's Daniel Lemon from EatID. EatID is a physician led food and health company. We help people with specific eating wishes find food that is meaningful to them. Recipes, grocery items, even restaurants where they can eat. We are a B2B company. We help power digital food experiences for all kinds of uh, different companies, health plans. Uh, we have an employee wellness platform and we support more than 100 diets and 60 health conditions, comprehensive platform. You can learn about EatID at eatid.co. Uh, and you can look me up on LinkedIn, Daniel Lemon. I'm there as well. Welcome back to the If You Market podcast. Thank you for listening. We have Casey Cheshire here, founder and CMO of Cheshire Impact. We're talking about marketing automation. First half there, we got through the capture segment of Capture, Nurture, Automate, Report. Um, Casey, without further ado, let's jump straight into the nurture part here. All right. Please. Nurture time. Who has seen the movie Top Gun? Oh, yeah. I do remember course, that Top one. Gun. Yeah. The new one or the I old one? Didn't they make a new one recently? There is a new one a coming new out. You're right. I haven't seen it. It's not come out yet. You know, speaking of being skeptical, I'm skeptical, you know, skeptical <laughs> about the new one, but the old one is gold, <laughs> right? You know, feel the need for speed. Classic Tom movie. Cruise. Yep. So, there is a particular song. Do you remember the song? It's like the theme song for the show when they're like flying into Wait, the- Wait, is this Highway to the Danger Zone? 
Yes, there you go. Flying into the danger zone. I got a problem with this. Highway to the danger zone. Watch the music video for this. The guy <laughs> singing it. I think I've, I might have spoke about this before on the podcast. He doesn't oh, my God. Well, no, he's singing it, but the music video, they're showing jets and stuff flying and all this yeah, fighter stuff going jets. on. Oh, my God. We're all pumped. We got adrenaline surgeon. <laughs> then they show the guy who's singing it. Hold on one second. Sorry. Come on. You Are you ordering your fajitas? <laughs> Everyone keeps ordering lunch on me. This will be edited out. Well, if it's being edited out. <laughs> hey, was that your uh, was that your lunch hey. order? <laughs> Skynet's taking over the office. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Oh my God! I have automations running, and they and they speak about. Was that your like lunch order? I have a note of. I have this music that plays to let me know it stopped, and I forgot to turn the process off, and it uh, so it's blowing up. Anyway, that will all be cut out um, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of organically funny. (laughs) So, so the music video, all the jets are flying, super pumped, adrenaline flying. Yeah, and then the the guy singing it. If you look it up, just just look it up on YouTube. He's lying in on a bed in a dark room. He looks like he's on quaaludes. He's barely moving his mouth. There's a fan slowly spinning overhead. The lights are all out and the shades are drawn. It couldn't get less adrenaline filled. And you have this weird whiplash between super pumped fighter jocks and then the guy sitting there saying, he's, he's unshaved. He, he just, highway to the danger zone. You're like, these things don't <laughs> match up. It freaks you out to watch the video. So sorry to hijack that, but I, that's one of my videos that just blows my mind when, whenever I see it. Anyway, jets flying. We know oh my gosh, anyway. you're right. Highway to the danger zone. <laughs> you it doesn't it up, make right? any sense. People Probably, should Google this. Kenny like Loggins. Every listener, look at that video. It'll blow your mind. Kenny Loggins, Highway to the Danger Zone. The, the guy can barely stand up, and there's jets flying everywhere, and Top Gun, Tom Cruise pumped. Yeah, he was not in the mood for that song is all I'm saying. Anyway, oh, that man. aside. Well, you've lost me to the music. I'm watching Jets now in the background here. What'd you say? What, was the, what were we talking about? All that aside, <laughs> we got the nurture aspect. Nurture. You're saying, Top Gun, Highway to the Danger Zone, and go. All right. Well, here's the deal. We know that most people aren't ready to buy when they first meet us, right? And so we also know that we've just talked about capture, and we're not asking everything all at once. We're not going for the one-night stand. We're doing a little dating. But because we're not asking everything on the first form, we got to get people to come back to fill out the second form and the mm. third form it may be, right? So we need to nurture them. We need to send them some kind of juicy information that will get them ready to buy, ready to talk to sales at least. Well, so you need happened? more than one touch without just sending a salesperson yes. into their house. Right, right, right. You need to warm them up, right? Warm up the easy bake oven. But here's the deal. When you send them over to sales, <laughs> and we'll talk about that, Automation, but we send them over to sales. They encounter the danger zone. And this is one of the the biggest issues. Well, here's what happens, right? And maybe this has happened to you. Maybe you've been this person where you talk to a sales rep who's trying to sell you some SaaS software and they're like, you ready to buy? Can I send you the DocuSign? And you're like, "Uh, well, I need to do this and I need to hire my new webmaster and I need to do this. Um, Can you call me in six months? Mm -hmm. And they're like, "Um, Yeah. yeah. Sure, I can call you in six months. So in their mind, they're like not sure if it's a brush off. Like if you're just being a polite American, apparently we're really polite. Right. Um, uh, in Europe, they're like, 
hell no, I won't buy your software ever, right? No, or, American, or New like, York. Yeah, yeah, call me later. Call me We're later. We're half Canadian here, halfway between right. Canada and, and Europe, and except for New York, still Europe. Right. I've seen salespeople put in the CRM notes like, F this guy. Like, <laughs> he said to call back in six months, he'll be ready then. All you have to do is set a reminder date. And instead you were like, fuck Wait, him. Yeah. He's an asshole. Yeah. Hopefully that didn't go in like the mail merge. So when he gets a nurture email, it's like F this dear F this guy. <laughs> uh, well, here's the, here's the challenge, right? So sales, if they're on top of their CRM game and if they've been trained and they're adopt, they're adopting it and they're rocking it, they're rocking their sales force, they will set a reminder in their calendar or in their CRM to call in six months. But if they just do that, what often happens in six months? Ring, ring. Hey, remember me? You said call me in six months. I'm being diligent. I'm actually following yeah. through. A lot of sales. Are you ready to buy? Through. Ready yeah. to buy. And they're like, oh, hey, Sky. Um, this is kind of awkward, but I already bought something from your competitor, right? Yeah. And you're like, but I thought we had something going here. <laughs> like, it, because it, you didn't really, nurture them. So what should you have been them. doing? Yeah. Right. So what should have happened is like sending a text every morning and telling him good morning. Right. Hey, princess. Thinking of you. Here's hey. some OJ thinking of you. <laughs> well, like, the, the sales guy could nurture at that point. Right. But I feel could. like what you're going to get to is marketing just needs to nurture this more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the challenge is that sales doesn't have time to send pretty messages to that person because maybe it is no. a brush off, right? And they got to prioritize their time on who's closing this right. quarter because I might not be around next quarter or in six months right. to handle that deal if I don't handle what's ready to go now. And so in my guy's example, if marketing had taken that person and kept to nurture him in six months, handed back to him, he would have got the sale maybe and looked at his FU note in the CRM and said, oh, wow, thanks marketing. Like, totally. It just probably wasn't quite a sales qualified lead or a sale a lead ready for sales yet. It should have right. been turned around and marketing needed to help out more there. Exactly. And that the, is the danger zone, right? So instead mm. of just putting a reminder for six months, there's no obligation for them to call you back in six months. So you do another thing, which is you either note it manually or have marketing suck it back into the nurturing campaign based on the status automatically or just what we've often seen, this is best practice. You put them on a six month nurture and, and yeah. we know that they're going to get an email from you, the sales rep. That's really helpful. It's not salesy. Hey, here's a piece of content. I thought you might like it ties into that question we were talking about earlier. Signed love Casey. Right. And you're like, Oh, thanks Casey. Maybe you check it out. Maybe you don't, but now I'm top of mind with you. So we have three months in this one particular case. Um, this, this guy named Kristen, she got the webmaster that she was seeking. She got this other thing. And it was actually three months later, not six months. But in this case, she was getting nurtured. And it, she got the email month three. And, and you know what? She didn't even didn't even acknowledge the content. But she wrote back like, hey, Scott, appreciate that. Um, we're actually ready to go. We did hire the person we were talking about. How, what's your availability? And right. to have a sales rep be asked their availability when they're always trying to get on your calendar was like the skies parted. And so that's right. really where automation, not only can it warm someone up before sales, but then after you pass it over to sales, it can make sure that if they're not ready to buy instantaneously, which most people aren't, it's able to nurse them through that danger zone, keep you top of mind. And guess what? You know, this, this one example, Kristen, she probably had shopped several different places, but you know, the one that was top of mind was the one that was nurtured. So she called yeah. them first and she bought them first. Even if the marketing or even if the, uh, the marketing's not perfect. The content's not perfect. They, like you said, they don't even read it. If nothing else, it's it's semi relevant, yeah. and you're Since just reminding them you're there. 
because yeah, we've had people where it's like, oh, it said check back in six months, and in in you know we so we checked back in three, and they'd already bought. Really, six months means three months, twelve months, or never, depending on how, whether you're going to actually pursue them or not. Yeah, when you go on a and date, and she says, "I'm busy this weekend. Check back in six months." <laughs> okay, so I just need a clarification, right? Yeah. Nurture and automate sound very similar to me because you're still when you're nurturing you're automating correct sure yeah when it's a form of you're, automation you're actually saying yeah but you're saying that nurture is like you know hey you know hey just thinking of you sending a text good morning you know hey you know, how's it going not really but you know great pieces of content that would help them based off of you know, the information that they gave you further, that's all mm -hmm. automated. But you're talking about in this particular canar, that when you get to automate, that is the sales marketing process where you're facilitating sales through the buying process. Am I right? Well, th there's actually more happening on the marketing side. So you're right that this nurturing is a form of automation. I mean, the whole thing is marketing automation. So it's overall. kind of a Venn diagram. It seems like these are overlapping. Oh, yeah. It isn't like it's one step and all over the place. You finish yeah. this. Now you can pass it on to this step. It, there's, there's a lot of overlap. But, but what's really interesting is when you do have someone being automated or let's say, you know, sales did or didn't talk to them, what's happening when they're getting your emails? At, at what point do you send them over to sales? That's where what I call the automation side kicks in, which is, it, which is having a system looking and listening and watching all this activity of all these people you're nurturing and seeing like, oh, this person, they're downloading all your white papers, they attended all your webinars, the lead score just shot through the roof. Looks like they're very ready to go and they, they should talk to sales right now. Let's get them over to sales. But instead of like getting a truckload of people and then like bringing them over to the department, you can automate that whole process by having it look, listen, wait, and when some criteria is met, you can then send them directly over to sales, assign them to the right person. A lot of times, like a marketing coordinator is doing this at a company. Mm. Where they're, they're like, well, these people all attended a webinar, so let's send them all over to sales. Right. They're doing and it manually. They're taking a spreadsheet. They, yeah. And they may be looking at each contact and deciding whether to send it. So the automation is really taking things that don't require decisions necessarily you can score them maybe to decide and having them happen automatically so you aren't right. messing manually with all these things and having to touch them all totally the scoring is happening automatically behind the scenes every action they take is giving a little bit of score but on aggregate you can then draw the set a line like a bar where it's like okay if you pass this bar you're going to get sent over to sales if we have your phone number and if you take in certain actions mm -hmm. and then what's cool about the grade a lot of Groups don't have this. A lot of software doesn't have this. Pardot has this, which is why I like it. They have grade and score. A lot of times we have lead score and sales hates lead score because it could be zero. It could be four. It could be like 9,024. And they're like, what does this even mean marketing? Right. And then the 9,000 comes over and you're like, these guys have gotten all of our content, attended every one of our webinars. Please call them right away. You guys in sales are so lazy. I need you to call this one right now. And they like put everything down. They call that person. Who is it? It's a student doing research and they've downloaded all your papers and they're, right, not, right. they're right. a terrible lead. And now <laughs> marketing like looks like a complete idiot for sending over a terrible, and they go, you know what? We always been telling you that you send bad leads over and here's a good example of it. And you gave yep. it a 9,000 score, right? Because it's a mistake to combine their activity with their quality. And so when you separate out into two dimensions, someone's activity and their quality, you could say they're a 9,000, but they're an F. 
and you're never going to see them in sales. And so the, in, in Pardot, the grade is their quality of a lead. I've heard this described really well. The score is how important you are to them, and the grade is how important they are to you. And you need the oh. two-way street. And, yeah. and so really, it's a relationship. Grade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, is this a great lead? This is an A. It's a CMO of this company. I really want to buy from them. Cool. Right. How engaged are they? Well, they're, they're a, you know, 150. Okay, cool. Or they're a 9,000. Okay, wow, they're really engaged and they're the right decision maker. I'm going right. to call them first. And then sales is like, hey, send me some more A's. Those were great. Mm-hmm. You're saying, hey, that's this the automation. And that's the automation part yeah. because it's automated to send the sale. Yeah. You yeah. Do this woman's crazy about you, but, and you're like, yeah, but I don't like her. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I'm George Clooney. <laughs> I have stalkers. You. That doesn't mean I have to marry them all. <laughs> or earlier, that, that random partner, the person trying to sell you that we let in easily on that form, this cycles them out because you, right. might, be, you may be asking them questions. What's your role? One of the roles might be student. Great. You're a student. Congratulations. You'll never be sent over to sales and that's cool. And now we never have to deal with sales going, oh my God, another student marketing, you suck. It never right. happens because we weed them out along the way. So the nurture danger zone is helping filter out. Like I, I was saying with the form to filter people out and you're saying, no, no, no that's what nurture is for. You take yeah, them all the into Ellis listening. Island yeah. and then you turn them around and then, and then you let people through once they're ready kind of. Um, exactly. So we're nurturing them there. Automate is part of that, right? I mean, so this is an automated practice that's going on. Is there another part to automate that is um, outside of the nurture aspect? That is its, it's own? It's the grading and scoring. It's the assigning qualities in the score just happens automatically. But the grade, I love to talk to sales and say, what would you like? Mm-hmm. What are the criteria and the conditions you like? Well, 150 hospital beds or 9,000 computer units minimum, all these different things you can build into a custom grading score uh, grading setup so that when they get an a it's exactly who they asked for and they get a b right. it's almost there and that kind of thing and it's now how all much behind of that, the scenes i know it's marketing automation but there's a spot where they say hey sales says it has to have this many beds and maybe you know that on some of the contacts but you have other contacts that would qualify for sales but you don't know that yeah does a marketing person then go in and say we're going to automate everything we can but this needs to be filled and somebody looks up and manually fills those so they can so they can flow through Ideally, but whenever possible, I love to automate. I'd, I'd rather right. pull it in from your API if we, if we have the data or throw it on one of the forms, right? Because on form two and three and maybe even four, every time they're getting a piece of content, maybe they're telling us some more information. Now, there's all other, other magic too, though. One other fun, cool trick around hospitals was uh, one client we're working with, public and private hospitals. They're big deal, right? And you, you talk to them differently public, not a lot of money, a lot of beds. They've got, they've got their, their concerns. Private, lots of money, not a lot of beds. They've got their own concerns. They buy differently, talk to them differently. So they, they wanted to have the web dynamically change. And this is more advanced marketing automation. Um, it, but they had their entire website, the hero image at the top would change and show a public hospital or a private hospital, depending on if you were public or private health. And they also, on the, on the sides, all the call-outs were dynamic to that particular type, either public or private. I mean, this could be industry or whatever you want it to be, right. but they chose Even favorite that. color, just change the website he, colors favorite, to the favorite color. Favorite superhero, right? <laughs> Batman's everywhere, right? So they, they dynamically had this set up. But the problem is they didn't have the data for all that. They did, it was a new field. They, they hadn't really thought to, I mean, they could kind of guess at some and they could have an intern go through and others. But right. instead, what we did is we sent an email to everyone. And we said, look, We've created two new centers of excellence, one in public health 
one in private health. Click on this link to go to the public health one or this one to go to the private health one. It was right. a special marketing automation track link that tagged that profile with public or private health if they clicked on it. So they didn't have to fill out a form even. All they yep. do is click a link and then we knew public. Nice. Very nice. Um, so that's, that's part of the, I guess, nurture and automate kind of, a, kind of yeah. a trick there to help fill stuff in. Totally. Again, I guess, depending yeah. on the volume, if you have 10 leads where you need a specific field to know where to send them, a marketing person can look at it. But that taking that kind of step you're talking about, if you've got 10,000, you know, people send them an email. You know where to push them. Yeah. You, yep. you got to do a form, plan your forms to ask that question. Okay. Um, is there anything else in the nurture and automate we need to cover? Are we ready to go on to report? Yeah. I mean, we could circle right back to around to reporting each one of these things we could talk about. We could have an episode on each one. There's like so yeah. much, to yeah. talk about, but like, these are the highlights. These there's someone, so many fun stories that like that public private health hospital, um, that company that was selling to hospitals, they actually had one of their biggest deals yet sell this past year. And the, um, the customer shared with the sales rep who shared with the marketer who shared with our team <laughs> telephone that the reason they purchased was because that company focused so much on private health, right? right. They're like, you guys oh, wow. are all about private health and we're private. So we love you. And they're like, really? We yeah. got a whole nother site. We just, we just and directed you the proper path. Yeah. We just, we just gave yeah. you the, the proper image. All their emails dynamically had public health Im, or private health mm -hmm. images versus public health. And so we were laughing because somewhere else on the planet, you know, someone else is choosing that same company because they're focusing on public health. Right. It's amazing. It's an interesting, I would say, as long as you are both those things, there was an episode a while back. I think I might've done a write up on this, but when it comes to, you know, your company's persona, um, the danger of AI and automation and the ability to make it look like, again, you're going on a date to make it look like you are whatever the other person wants. Um, at some point, I feel like there's a line that's crossed. Not what you described isn't crossing a line, but to me, I, I might have called it the, the T1000 or the uh, chameleon persona, where basically you're, a, you know, companies have the ability with AI and and these automations to turn really into a con man, where they look at everybody who comes to their site and say, "Who is this person? What do they want? I'm going to act like I'm that." Oh, they care about this stuff. I care about this stuff. They care about that. You're like, you don't actually care about it. it the authenticity is taken away. Now what you're talking about, that's still there. They have a public side and they have a private side. They're just taking people down the proper, um, you know, customer journey versus really, you know, I, I feel like if you get too deep in this, it could get dangerous. It could sure. get, uh, especially combining with AI and stuff and really deep data, people are going to start, you know, thinking, Oh yeah, that company. I like them. They're this, and somebody else is like, "No, they're not. They're about this." You're like, oh yeah. Yeah, but why would they do that if they can't actually? You can't sell to everybody. Your schizophrenic persona, kind of. Uh, but you can sell to a lot more people if everybody thinks you are what they like. If if you just take Democrat and Republican, and you say, "Oh yeah, us. Oh, we're totally on this side politically," and people are like, "Good, me too. I'm here." And then other people come, and they're on the other side, and you're like, "Yeah, that's us. We're totally gung ho." This. Good. Me too. I'm here. And you're like, oh, wait, you are on either side of this issue. You're pandering to whatever side they are. That's, that's where I draw mm. the line and say it's dangerous. If you say we're pro gun control and pro guns, depending on what the person we're talking to, <laughs> well, now you're just fake. You know, you're like telling, yeah. a, you know, you're going on the date and you're saying, what's your favorite color? Red? Me too. What do you think about this? Me too. And it's like, okay. Um, you still have to have the authenticity of your product and, and who you are as a company. So I would yeah, warn so people. True. Be careful not to use automation for evil. The, the opportunities out there, 
try to resist uh, resist doing it. So the I mean, I'm going to train covered, you, right? right? I'm going to train you up. You could yeah. either be the Joker or be Batman. My, my <laughs> hope is you'll be Batman. But what I will say is that the best marketing comes from people who care. Marketers who care make amazing marketing. I mean, if in the end of the day, your software or your product will actually help people, that's way more fun place to work, first of all. And you know, my advice yeah. to people is if you're working at a company and you really don't give a shit about the product or the customer for some reason or other, move. Do yeah. a different company. Go somewhere else because it's like life's too short. Your marketing will be terrible. Your content will be horrible. You will be disingenuous. You'll just try to trick people into getting clicks and it won't work because people will smell it. We're so good at smelling. We're like, oh, gross. And, and it's no fun, right? So like find a, a people and a solution that you, you know works and then you can really, your mission is not like tricking people with marketing. It's like helping people. Yeah, it's putting something out there you really believe in. Uh, totally. kind of, it's a lot easier to put out a quality product well, when you believe in it. People can smell that. They can yeah. smell if you're sincere or not. Yeah. Authenticity like is becoming huge. Be, yeah. So Nakar sounds like it could be very difficult to implement. What would Great you say? Sorry, you said that. Nakar. I hate to correct you, but it's Kanar. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> God, Casey's it. like, no, it's neither. Nah. It's just CNA. Nurture automate. Yeah. <laughs> Sing the song with me. Capture, nurture, automate, reporting. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it is. And I think the problem is that sometimes in marketing, we're a little bit like cats chasing lasers or catnip or whatever. Oh, and we're yeah. like, oh my God, a new feature. Conversational marketing, ABM, this, that, this, that. And we're just distracted. So and then, and then the, the software groups are there like oh you you've heard about abm let me sell you a solution for that yeah. and you're like here's my credit card let's do this and then you go to the next one right so hmm. what we found was lacking was a roadmap for marketing automation they're just no one was telling you what to do next they were kind of just playing it safe being like do whatever you want to do here's a cool feature you maybe you want to check out it's like guess what that feature won't work until you do these other features that'll actually set you up for success for that one so we made this roadmap and we called it the CSI because that acronym is just too good to pass up. Ooh. The Cheshire Success Index for Marketing Automation. And because uh, you got to get all CSI on the problem. But anyways, it's 10 right? steps. And it, there's 10 features and 10 canar, uh, right? <laughs> 10 steps in this process. And there's really cool features like the ones we mentioned, the advanced ones for the hospitals and the other ones. But you can't like use some of those. that people can follow. Totally, totally. And it's radiantly it, like get this in first, exactly. do this. So I'm sure we're yeah, getting there, Casey, cool. but is this on your website? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's in the book too. And in the book. Great. We'll yeah. put a link in the show notes so, so people can, right. uh, can you have find a that book. on your website. We are running way over schedule and over budget and out of time here, but I got so much more I want to ask you. Casey, can we do kind of a quick speed round of a handful of questions here? Yeah, totally. Let's do it. Fast as okay. you can. Okay. So, Ready? Micro machines. Okay. <laughs> First okay. one, what's the difference between marketing automation and a CRM? Marketing automation is for marketing. CRM is for sales. When they come together, it's happiness. Fantastic. Um, I, and my favorite questions, I always want politicians to do this when asked a question, just answer yes, next, or no, next. <laughs> right. Um, when should people implement marketing automation? Like, is there a time not to, and to implement it? What are the signals for them that where they're like, Hey, I kind of need marketing automation. If you want any of those things we just described, you should get it. 
And uh, th this works really well for B2B. And that's a lot of what we're talking about. You can use the same principles for B2C or like B2C with a high dollar amount where then they're not going to just buy right away, but they got to think about it. Like college is a, a great example. Colleges use marketing automation because it's, a, it's an important decision. Yeah, you're a consumer, but you're going to really shop this thing. And they so deal anytime, with large yeah. numbers too. Anytime I feel yeah. like you have a large enough numbers, you got to automate it yeah. or, or hire sales 20 team. people. If you've got a sales team, their time is so valuable. The human time is so valuable. Use a system like marketing automation. Uh, quick story. I, I went down to this company in North Carolina and they were build. They had a big building. It was pretty and impressive. They were building another building right next to it when I visited them. And they were filling it with college grads to dial for dollars. They were basically cold calling professors around the U.S., to sell them something, right? And they were harassing all of them. And they were like, well, you know, this works. We get a like half a percent a year and, the, and this all works mathematically. But I was like, you know what? If we use marketing automation, we can actually get the people that are ready to talk. We can use the computer to warm them up and get them when they're ready to talk right to a human. And they were, you can actually do a, all of that with like half the room. You don't need the, the, the whole, it's like, what do you do with the other building? You don't need all the other college kids to do that. Like, automate this thing and then have much better conversations. So that's really what you know you can do is you've got a big sales team, you can get them more efficient. So instead of they're having them chase things, you can have things come to them, capture them, you nurture them, get them ready for that's sales. That's really what you want. Boom. Yeah. 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 I would add on to what you say. I've been talking about this a lot recently. It sounds like it reduces the amount of, I mean, it increases efficiencies and reduces the amount of quote unquote spam that you're doing to people. Yeah. If you only email yeah. them when it's appropriate, instead of emailing everybody, or instead of having a hundred people cold calling everybody all the time, you're like, or we could just Fail. reach out to the people who are giving signals right now or who are it's time or whatever it is. Boom. Yeah. Mic drop. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> um, how I know you work uh, exclusively with Pardot, right? Yep. I've heard a lot of great things about Pardot. I am not a Pardot user myself, so I'm not totally familiar with it. Not but yet, Sky. How should be <laughs> by the end of this podcast, I'll be like flow. I'll be using Pardot all of a sudden. What happened? Um, <laughs> yeah, we're we're going so long. I feel like by the end of this podcast, everybody's going to be using Pardot. Um, how should people choose a platform? Pardot, not Pardot, whatever they're choosing. How should they start going about deciding on what platform if they think they want to implement to implement? Got to align with your sales team. That's really important. You got to speak their language, use the same vocabulary they're using. You got to tie into their system. So if your sales team is using Salesforce, 100% no brainer, you should be using Pardot because it's the same company, right? If they've got a different system, the question is, are they using it? Could they use a different system? Are they using Excel? Then you probably just give them a little nudge into Salesforce. Uh, but you really want to align to their tool. So you do that. Um, the platform kind of is really important. But if they don't have one or they're not really using it, definitely recommend, you know, the sales guys and gals get on Salesforce. Okay. Uh, fantastic. And then what other than forms and email, what else can be automated with marketing automation? I think some people are thinking, wait, what about social? What about this? What about that? Is that all included or is this really a form email to CRM kind of a flow? Hmm. Well, I think a lot of stuff comes under this, but the whole goal is to what you had said earlier, which is just customize that journey for the buyer, right? So that you're speaking their language, the right message, the right time, the right person, all those type of things. So you know, it can include social, sometimes listening, the social listening side of it can come into play. Um, 
really marketing automation is like your platform of record. So if you capture a lead, I don't care what kind of lead gen you use, use it all, try it all, test it, it's marketing. But when it comes in, have them hit a page that has marketing automation on it so you can capture them, but also so you can track them. It'll remember, you, you spent $5 on a click on PPC, they came, they saw your site, they're like, oh, that's a great idea, but they forgot to fill out your form. They came back two weeks later, they fill it out, it'll remember that you spent $5 on them and you give you know, that Google AdWords credit. Otherwise, you might stop doing that and it's a great lead source. So it's that place that captures all the leads. It makes sure the reporting's in place and then it can send it over sales. Fantastic. And then can you get all the companies that I call with services I need, whether it's the DMV or anybody else, and they ask me for whatever it is, the credit card number, my phone number, my ID, and then they route me somewhere else and the person answers and asks me the same freaking thing. Can you get them using marketing automation? Final question. Can you please yeah, get them yeah. using it? Totally. Of course. Just point them to this podcast and we'll, uh, we'll get them started. That drives me nuts. When you said that earlier, I was like, yeah, I get that when I'm on the phone with something. They always ask for your bank account number. Yeah. You typed like, it in. Why are you asking it? Your Bank of it. America. You made me give the account number <laughs> just to take the call. And then the first thing the person who answers the phone asks is, what's your account number? Like, are you kidding me? Yep. You guys don't have a CRM. Come on. I know you have Come it. on, people. <laughs> okay. Uh, this has been fantastic. Anything else you want to throw out there? Anything else you, about marketing automation? Of course, we're going to tell people where to find you and everything, Casey. But when it comes to marketing automation, anything that we haven't got to that they need to know? Yeah. I, I just finished putting all the strategy, everything I've learned for like 10, 11 years, consulting with people, 2,500 clients into a book. And it's called Marketing wow. Automation Unleashed. It's all the strategy I do, big, high-priced on-site, strategic on-site. The strategy's in here. That assessment, it's in there. And basically, you take the assessment, you know where you're at with marketing automation on any platform between zero and 10. And if you're a two out of 10, that's cool. You know you could be a three and a four and a five. So it's all in there. Then every chapter addresses each step in that roadmap. Capture, nurture, automate—it's all mixed in there. It's all there. So go grab it. Go grab it. Learn all the things that I've learned. And, and actually it. use your tool. That's, that's my, uh, my go-to. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll have a lot of information on the site here in the show notes uh, for where you can, uh, you can find Casey, uh, Casey Cheshire and Cheshire Impact. And um, that'll all be on ifyoumarket.com. Please, uh, please do share the podcast on social media. Tell a friend. Give us a good review on iTunes. I usually just ask you to do one of those things. You probably already subscribed because you're listening great. If you could give us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen, that would be awesome. Really helps get the, the word out to other people who can, uh, who can benefit from our awesome guests here, like, like Casey and the information he gives out. Um, and uh, yeah, on behalf of Carla Joe Helms and the Ify Market team and Casey Cheshire of Cheshire Impact, thank you for listening to the Ify Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with marketing with automation, automation. Yep, with marketing automation, they will come. Is your data company ignoring and gouging you or gouging and ignoring you? Those are the main reasons our customers move from the previous list provider, Mountaintop Data's Top Data Search platform. What's Top Data Search? Well, with Top Data Search, you can search our database of 20 million plus business contacts and download lists with complete contact information. It's a convenient tool for both sales and marketing departments to get accurate lists. It's free to have an account. There's no annual contracts, no seat fees, Top Data Search is just easy access to accurate data. And when you reach out to us with questions, we actually give you answers. 
Visit topdatasearch.com and sign up for a free account with the coupon code IYM300 and get 300 free credits. Or if you're just curious, go to topdatasearch.com and run some searches on our open search tool, no account needed, by clicking the search now button. That's at topdatasearch.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.